Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I'm going to start off today by giving you an update to Monday's podcast. If you hadn't heard it, we delved into the Salvation Army going woke by pushing critical race theory, believe it or not. In the podcast, I let you know that they released a Thanksgiving statement saying that this just simply wasn't true. And I wanted to give you an update to this and read you their current position. Obviously, I spelled out exactly what they were doing and why this was true. And they have officially removed the controversial material and released this statement. It says, quote, Although we remain committed to serving everyone in need, regardless of their beliefs, backgrounds, or lifestyle, some individuals and groups have recently attempted to mislabel our organization to serve their own agendas. They have claimed that we believe our donors should apologize for their skin color that the Salvation Army believes America is an inherently racist society, and that we have abandoned our Christian faith for one ideology or another. Those claims are simply false, and they distort the very goal of our work. The truth is that the Salvation Army believes that racism is fundamentally incompatible with Christianity, and that we are called by God to work toward a world where all people are loved, accepted, and valued. Our positional statement on racism makes this clear. These beliefs and goals are critically important because we know that racism exists, and we are determined to do everything the Bible asks us to do to overcome it. The Salvation Army occasionally publishes internal study guides on various complex topics to help foster positive conversations and grace-filled reflection among salvationists. By opening, uh, openly discussing these issues, we always hope to encourage the development of a more thoughtful organization that is better positioned to support those in need but no one is being told how to think, period. In this case, the guide, Let's Talk About Racism, was issued as a voluntary resource, but it has since become a focus of controversy. We have done our best to provide accurate information, but unfortunately, some have chosen to ignore those efforts. At the same time, International Headquarters realizes that certain aspects of the guide may need to be clarified. Consequently, for both reasons, the International Social Justice Commission has now withdrawn the guide for appropriate review. That's their statement. Okay, so in other words... We didn't do anything wrong. You were the ones that were in the wrong for thinking that we were pushing CRT. Because we are losing so much money, we will have 
our International Social Justice Commission remove the material that pushed the CRT. <laughs> That's basically what they're saying. Now, again, you can go back to the podcast. You can review for yourself what was there. And you can see for yourself if you think that they were pushing critical race theory. Obviously, in my opinion, they were. And this statement doesn't really go a whole long ways toward rectifying that other than the fact that they took it down. But let's get back to our topic today. I have been speaking about the loss of trust in our societal institutions for a while now. And it is not something you really hear a lot about, but I think it is something very important. And it's, it's going to continue to shape our country and really, for that matter, the world for years and decades to come, in my opinion. I came across this article by Scott W. Atlas, MD. So he's a doctor and he writes for the Daily Wire. And he just hit on all of the things that I've been saying and, and put it succinctly into one opinion piece, which was really amazing. So I really want to share this with you today. And he starts out by saying, I am hopeful that we are coming toward the end of the SARS, uh, the SARS-2 coronavirus pandemic. Deaths are not likely to rise dramatically when cases sharply increase a, a different pattern than in the um, initial waves. That decoupling between cases and deaths could be a great to great extent due to the successful vaccination of those at risk to die, as well as acquired immune, uh, natural immunity. Unfortunately, it is unlikely the re, re, uh, recurring hysteria of mismanagement by those in power will end so quickly. So after more than 18 months of experience, there remains an almost bizarre lack of understanding that the virus will not simply disappear. Instead, on its way to becoming an, epi an ended endemic, <laughs> in other words, the end of the pandemic, cases will continue to peak and ebb periodically, as they have done and continue to do in characteristic styles all over the world and regionally in the United States. We must learn to live with the virus by offering vaccines to the vulnerable, aggressively exploring early treatments while also accepting some risk rather than employing failed harmful restrictions on low-risk people every time the pattern reoccurs. Instead of recognizing the evidence the flow of misleading information, lacking perspective, uh, policy counter to, to scientific data, and the absence of transparency continue. The unscientific uh, obsession with stopping all cases of COVID-19 continues, including the variants that all scientists expected as the virus mutates and becomes less lethal with, without acknowledging the low risk for the overwhelming majority and what should be today's protection of most vulnerable to death. Accountability remains absent from government leaders, public health officials, and scientists in failing 
to admit errors about lockdowns. Some even distort their records and portray disastrous death tallies as success. And now we witness an Orwellian attempt by those who advised what was widely implemented, lockdowns, to blame those who opposed lockdowns for the failure of lockdowns. The CDC and the public health leaders still fail to visibly acknowledge and then educate the public about natural immunity in recovered uh, COVID patients or to incorporate the biological facts into our nation's vaccine policies. The public needs to know that data continues to accrue, showing natural immunity after the SARS-2 infection, like other infectious diseases, is probably superior to vaccine-related protection. Public health officials and government leaders keep using wildly incorrect projections that that instill fear and alarm the public. And when they're wrong, they fail to acknowledge this fact. Our public health recommendations did not change after scientific data showed previous rules were arbitrarily incorrect and ineffective. Like the, the six-foot guidelines were not revisited despite the evidence. Many schools forced children to wear masks contrary to science and simple logic. Must we prove the earth is round again? Serious problems with the data, including misleading PCR testing and overcounting of COVID as the cause of many hospitalizations and deaths in the United States, have never been explained to the public and acknowledged, even though it has been documented in the medical literature. There continue to be delays in clinical trials and approvals of safety, widely uh, available drugs that show potential effectancy in clinical reports. And, And if vaccination is the only option, that's what they're trying to get to. A COVID testing requirement has been imposed in schools and university campuses, grossly violating ethical standards, including the CDC's own statement only months ago published in late 2020 that, quote, it is both unethical and illegal to test someone who doesn't want to be tested, including students whose parents or guardians do not want them to be tested, unquote. The spirit, if not the letter of the informed consent, has been violated with a vaccine uh, clinical trial in young, healthy children who have extremely low risk from the illness and rarely spread it. The nation still awaits any indication that there will be a full investigation into the origin of the deadly virus. And even if it uncovers potential corruption in our nation's top science agencies and public health leaders, will that be brought out? The world is owed full exposure of the truth without delay. Why do these failures persist in a normally science-based, free-thinking, and ethical society like ours? Is the herd mentality so powerful 
is fear such a dominant emotion that all critical thinking and values disappear? If the U.S. tallies 50,000 deaths from COVID next year, will we accept that with the relaxed attitude we have about the flu, which has the death toll every year? If not, why not? Are we a nation of science or science deniers? Do we demand accountability and learn from past errors? Is this country committed to the free exchange of ideas so that truth is determined by evidence and debate rather than decree and and false declarations and consensus? Do facts still matter? And what is the end point? An endless series of of panic-driven lockdowns or finally a reconciliation that the virus will become an endemic. We are committed to civil rights, or are we? The answers to these questions are profoundly consequential. One issue stands above all others, the urgent need to restore trust in our vital institutions. The the management of this pandemic has left a stain on many Americans, uh, Americans once noble institutions. Earning trust back will not be easy. Trust in government, for instance. Almost all governments made entirely arbitrary decisions. Even if one believed in the health benefits of these, these decisions, they, they would they were handed down with shocking disregard for the potential damage and deaths. In addition to seeing convincing data to to justify such measures in the future, a citizenry must be convinced that rules apply to everyone. When elected officials are caught enjoying indoor dining with lobbyists or public health leaders ignoring their own restrictions on family gatherings, they undermine the moral legitimacy necessary for voluntary compliance. That puts the, the rule of law in, in future emergencies at risk. In other words, who's going to do these things if there's no trust in the government in that way? Trust in public health leadership is another area. There has been a repeated, erratic uh, discussion, and a shameful absence of critical thinking coming from public health officials, coming from public officials on on masks. Uh, America's leading voice of public health issued a number of statements over a period of months that were in direct conflict with each other and with the data, and he still fails to recognize the most compelling studies. On testing, the CDC put up a guideline, then changed it, then took it down, and then put it back something close to the original. There was no science to prompt those changes. The most visible face of public health praised four Northeast United States states with the highest rate of fatalities for following his guidance, despite their deadly performance. We also saw statements, actions, and a lack of transparency from our top 
health and medical agencies that undermine trust in vaccines and potentially treatments. And an extremely important part of saving lives in the next pandemic. You see, if when the next one comes around, are we going to trust our health leadership? That's a big time question mark because of the way they've handled this pandemic. How about our trust in science? The pandemic exposed grave problems with the essential functioning of science, research, and, and debate. Elite research universities, public health agencies, and, and top scientific journals quickly fell in line with herd thinking about the pandemic. Instead of opening and, and, and you know, opening free discourse to seek the, the scientific truths underlying, uh, you know, urgency needs uh, and, and solutions, we have seen silencing. We've seen censoring and, and slandering of scientists whose, you know, in, in, whose differences from, the, from, from the, the, the desired narrative were obvious. The motivation must be questioned once one realizes that scientists and academics are highly dependent on the NIH for funding. The key to publications and career advancement is the NIH. And they're very much tied into that. Um, prestigious journals are now openly contaminated with politics. Uh, academia and the research community dominated by a single viewpoint, actively uh, engaged in uh, intimidation and, and false declarations of consensus as well as, as through abuse of the peer review system. That intolerance has fostered a climate of fear and intimidation uh, where, where other scientists and health experts from uh, preventing them from contributing to the discussion and, and, if, and really introducing self-censorship. This dangerous trend threatens the free exchange of ideas essential to democracy. And how about, how about the trust in educational leaders? There's one for you. The, the priorities of teachers and their unions were exposed as self-centered, driven by fear for the, the adult teachers most of whom were at low and, and even really very low risk at the expense of the health and the future of our children. The same holds true for our university leadership. Children are not to be used as shields for adults in any civilized society. No longer can we as parents and concerned citizens permit coerced injections of experimental drugs and, and required testing for access to university education. The, these requirements are not only unscientific, they also violate our nation's long-established standards for ethical conduct. They also violate the standards of, of medical privacy and autonomy over one's own body. And how about the trust of fellow citizens? Policymakers in, in concert with the elite class 
inflicted great harm by undermining fundamental trust in our fellow citizens. Elites in the media have made freedom a selfish idea and politicized dissent on the uh, efficiency of masks or various potential treatments. Restrictions on liberty were also destructive by inflaming class distinctions with their different impact, exposing essential workers, sacrificing low-income families and kids, destroying single-parent homes, and, and you know, really evacuating small businesses, while at the same time, large companies were bailed out. Elites worked from, from home with barely an interruption, and the ultra-rich got richer, leveraging their bully pulpit to demonize and cancel those who challenged their pre- preferred policy options. We should know who to trust by now. In considering all the surprising events that unfolded in this past year, two in particular stand out. I have have been shocked at the enormous power of government officials to uh, really just simply make a decree, a, a uh, and, and suddenly de- decree several sh- shutdowns of society to simply close businesses and schools by edict, restrict personal movements, mandate behavior, regulate uh, interactions with our family members, and and eliminate our most basic freedoms without any defined end and with little accountability. And I remain stunned at the acceptance by the American people of draconian rules, restrictions, and unprecedented mandates, even those that are arbitrary, destructive, and wholly unscientific. The acquiescence of the citizenry to such extraordinary and ill-conceived restrictions in a nation that was founded on the principles of freedom from an overbearing government in a country that stands as the world's beacon for independence and liberty, is nothing less than shocking. Today, after all, that we have endured from this pandemic, we still must ask why so few were willing to speak out when the most disastrous health policies in history were foist upon ordinary people and above all, on our children, our country's most precious precious resource. Where, 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 where were the scientists? Where were the economists, the, the psychologists, the um, pediatricians, the, the, the teachers and the university leaders, the constitutional lawyers, the human rights advocates? This crisis has also exposed what we all know has existed for years but i have but 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 has been tolerated by this country the overt bias of the media the lack of diverse viewpoints on campuses the absence of neutrality in in controlling social media and now more visibly than ever the intrusion of politics into science. 
ultimately the, the freedom to seek the truth and openly state that truth is at risk. The United States is on the precipice of losing its cherished freedoms with censorship and cancellation of all those who view forward what difference from the accepted mainstream. It is not clear if our democracy will be defined will be defining freedoms will fully recover even after we survive the pandemic itself. But it is clear that people must step up, meaning speak up as we are allowed, as we are expected to do in free societies, or it has no chance. In 1841, Charles McKay presently spoke about the herd mentality. He said, quote, men, it has been well said, think in herds. It will be seen that they go mad in herds, while they only recover their senses slowly and one by one. <laughs> this, this is quote. So how do we proceed at this very mo- uh, moment, in this very moment in this in this country, with its heavily damaged psyche. Those of us who want the truth must keep seeking it. And those of us who see the truth must keep speaking it. Because truth matters. So I guess let me, let me end this by saying this. I truly believe that this has showed this whole pandemic and how the, the, the response has been to this whole pandemic in this country has exposed some of the areas in our, in, in our country that, um, that really need more character. Okay. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that we can see all of these pillars that, that we kind of depended on. We kind of depended on the, on the science community to say, you know, hey, this is this is what uh, this is what science. This is what we know through science. We've depended on our healthcare system to say, hey, you know what? We know uh, this and this and that about about medical concerns, and so we're we're going to to uh, let you know what because we we can't all be experts. We depend on these pillars and these institutions. We we depend on on these people to give us truth. But instead, what we've seen now through this is that we don't necessarily get truth. What we get is a narrative. What we get is we get people who are, for a lack of a better word, corrupted. They're corrupted by money. They're corrupted by power. And, it, and, and of course, that's human nature. Our founding fathers knew that, that this type of thing uh, would happen because it's human nature. But now we see all of the um, things that were put into place to try to keep that out. Well, you know what? It hasn't kept it out. And now we cannot rely exclusively on these institutions. They're going to have to earn our trust back. One of the things that we're going to see, I believe, going forward from here is this lack of trust. And it's going to affect this country for years. It's going to affect this country for decades. It, it, it definitely is going to define 
how we operate as a society. When we've seen a number of things happen in this country that have affected this country in this kind of way. The Great Depression, for instance, changed how people thought. We saw people come out of the Great Depression doing completely different things than they did when they went into it. Uh, that's kind of some of the areas where we started to get some of the hoarders and things like this, because there there was uh, something learned through that very difficult time. And I believe that's the same type of thing here, that we're going to see people that are going to learn certain things like, you know what, we can't just flat out trust our medical community. We can't just flat out trust those that are in charge uh, governmentally. We can't just flat out trust those that are uh, making policy or whatever. We, we just can't flat out trust our educational system. All these different things. We can't just flat out trust those things because they're in some ways corrupted. And they are corrupted with power and they're corrupted with money. And, and, and that's a shame because there's so much good that can come from these institutions. And yet we have to be able to learn that they're just people and that they are corruptible and that, they, and that many of them are already corrupted. And so, again, we you may agree with me, you may disagree with me on this. I would definitely love to hear from you and have a conversation about that. You can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.